Good morning, guys. Uh, William Mosley here. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, it's been a few days. I've just been getting a lot of R and R, just like sleeping in, you know, doing, doing the doing the R and R routine. Um, but I'm excited to let you guys know that I'm back to the regular old grind, regular old schedule. Today's really good. Uh, it's a topic that I don't, I haven't covered before in the vlog and it's one not having that much knowledge on it and two just not really I don't want to say prioritizing it but just lack of information on the topic um, but I had a really great experience interviewing Nor Morris on life insurance right like what happens when I die I made a podcast actually about, about this with Laura about what our wishes, what our plans are. If you haven't checked that out, check that out after all this. But this is a this is a deep dive. It's about 50 minutes. And I asked him the hard questions like, why do I really need life insurance? Like the process, all that stuff. I think you're going to really like this one, especially if you are a parent, mother, father, whatever. Um, so let's jump right in. I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems I solve them. I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage. I'm going through something. That's why I ain't calling. Phone in progression. It's all that I wanted. The phone in affection. I summon and dub it. Cause I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems. I solve them. I run through the money. Alright, how you doing man? I'm doing well, I hope you are. Alright, so this is uh, William Mosley. Welcome back to the podcast, the film, however you're viewing this, watching this, listening to this. I've got uh, someone super special with me today. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself real quick. Well, I appreciate that, William. My name is Norm Morris. I um, work with the insurance business selling products related to Medicare. Um, that is my primary focus. I work with a company called Cornerstone Senior Services. Of course, William and I have known each other since 2005, 2006. We go way back. Okay, so let me just, like, cut in real quick. This guy, every single morning, I went to T.C. Robertson. Every morning, I'd walk up these stairs or come in from the bus or whatever, and he's always, like, directing the kids or whatever, and just, like, he always had a smile about him, always had a good energy about him. But also, uh, what's the word? Where you're, you're in control, where you're, like... I can't think of the word right now, but he, this guy always stuck out to me as I moved from high school to college and, you know, on to fatherhood, as well as my art teacher, Miss Patain. Um, and it's been a while since we've talked, but we're connecting. So hopefully you'll hear a little bit of our history and also a little bit of what he does today and uh, our journey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, the time. <laughs> so. So yeah, this is really impressive. So, so you want me to go on about my business and what I'm doing now, or so for anyone that's just listening right now, we got the uh, I set up the mic system for him, whatever. So he's like, he's like, man, this, this is awesome. Um, let's hear a little bit of what it is you do, and then how you got to doing that, and why you're doing that. Sure. So I, I left education in 2012, and I was trying to figure out what to do after that. And um, I worked in the restaurant business. I was actually offered a job with Waffle House to go in their management program. And mm -hmm. It's a pretty good program. I mean, you start, you know, amazing. You start off 
forty at that time it was forty two thousand a year, ten thousand dollars worth of stock share, full benefits, um, and and you work your way up within three years to to make to be what's called a district manager. Yeah, Making, DM's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I think because you worked in the Waffle yeah, House. Yeah, as well. well, yeah, I worked in Zaxby's, but yeah, I did, oh, oh, Zaxby's. I did, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, and so it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But you know, I was working a third shift one night and. I had to actually break up a fight between a bunch of teenagers, and I thought, well, this is like working back in the high school again. <laughs> and so I um, saw an ad actually on Craigslist. It just says, hey, do you want to help people out? And I, as you know, I enjoy helping people. And I said, well, sure, I could do that. And this guy called me up and says, hey, well, why don't you be a Medicare insurance agent? And I was like, well, I don't... Did you have any doubts at that time? I'm like, hmm, Craigslist, or hmm, is well, this real? I... I mean, he told me where the office was, so it was actually here on Hendersonville Road. And so I said, well, let me go check it out and see if it's legit. And I had that same experience with New Human, I, I swear. Like, I, I posted all my, you know, my resume or whatever on Craigslist and ended up getting a hit back from um, them. Like, hey, you know, I want to interview. But, like, when I got the address to go to the place... It was it wasn't Brevard it was Brevard but it was Brevard Brevard like way back back right. in the and I was like am I am I going somewhere like are I going to get killed yeah. so well this was a legitimate office and <laughs> I you know I met with the guy and I did a little research on him to see if he was legitimate and he popped up and um, I did some information you know looking up and googled some information about insurance and he told me what we could do and you know and basically, it really fell into my teaching career because I'm basically teaching people about Medicare. So it was a good. It was a good transition. It was a great transition. And in 2016, I had a, actually a parent of my other students I worked with. He was starting a business here in Asheville, doing the same thing. He asked me to join him as well. So I just followed him, and I've been with him ever since. So. Nice. Um, the I think how this like why I kind of took this and why you know as we were, we were we were talking back and forth about meeting up and possibly doing a collab or whatever and a lot of my content is based around family it's based around passion it's based around dreams but a lot of stuff that I or things that I haven't I don't think touched on yet which I feel this might be a good filler is you know when if there's a crisis or what happens you know what do you what do you do what how do you protect your family a big thing of mine is security 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 like i work my job and do my passion because i need to supply and you know responsibilities for you know my wife and kids and everything and but a big thing and you don't know this but i don't have life insurance right so this is good this will be a good we can go back and forth this might be a good learning experience for me and also a good one for anyone listening that doesn't have life insurance that's like hmm do I really need it? Maybe I'm single right now. Maybe right. I don't have any any dependents. Why Why should I get it? So, okay. Well, absolutely. That's a great question. Well, obviously, for family, you want to have life insurance to protect your family from any incoming debts. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many different types of insurance policies out there. Um, but obviously, you know, in your situation, your wife and your kids depend upon your income. Absolutely. So God forbid something happened to you, they lose that income. Well, what are they going to do? How are they going to replace that income, you know? And, you know, obviously your family, especially your wife, um, will be going through a grieving process. So it's not like she's going to, you know, say, oh, William died. 
let's go to work tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Peace out, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's not going to say, oh, there's a hole in the ground. See you, Will. Yep. You know, throw you some dirt on it and say goodbye. <laughs> um, you know, so it gives her, it would get, you know, life insurance gives the, op- you know, options to have time to grieve and make sure that you can still, she can still continue the lifestyle that she was having with the kids, make sure the kids are taken care of. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, All right. So coming back, I had a little cut. Um, okay. Explain to me if I pass tomorrow, like what's the process that that she'll go through to be able to, I guess, have that security? Sure. So basically, let's say you have a policy. You have a $100,000 policy. You pass away. Um, first thing is the um, funeral home is going to ask your wife or your family if you have a a life insurance policy because they don't want to do the process and prepare for your funeral burial without knowing that they're going to be able to get the money, access to the money. Um, actually, uh, kind of on the side note, if you don't mind me deviating just a little bit, sure. I actually had a client whose father, he didn't get life insurance through me, but I helped him get a policy because um, I found a company outside of what I worked with that could give him something a little cheaper. He's, he's a lot older. Mm-hmm. But when he passed away, no one could find a policy. They didn't oh, know man. what to do. So he actually passed away at home, and the funeral home actually refused to take him away until they without it because they wouldn't get paid. Correct. That's crazy. It, it's awful. And so we, but we got that straightened out. But so like case with these, um, they'd find out the policy. We contact the company. We get the correct paperwork information, and your family would be taken care of with you know within two weeks. Okay, two weeks, that's like a pay, that's a yeah, pay two, period. Yeah, two, three weeks. <laughs> it's not a hard process. You just have to, the, the, what, the thing you have to do is you have to make sure you get the death certificate. Mm-hmm. And that's really about, you know, that's about it. Um, now, there are some circumstances, for example, um, the policies go into effect immediately for the most part. So it's not like there's a waiting period. But there is what's called a look-back period. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you did a policy with the company and you said you're not a tobacco user and they find out later on right well if they found out that you had died of lung cancer well that's going to raise a red flag Mm -hmm. within two years now after a two-year waiting period most policies go in effect no matter what so even if you were smoking and you live two years and one day your policy would still be good to go i didn't know that yes that's cool so um and every company is a little bit different so you always, always want to make sure but but yeah, but if you die within the first three weeks and you die of lung cancer, they're going to say, well, let's see if you... That might be suspicious. Exactly. <laughs> so really, the only thing that will prevent most life insurance policies from paying, other than lying on the application within the first two years, is um, dying by committing a felony act. So like if you were robbing a store and you got shot. Gotcha. So, um, and actually, one of the things, actually, my girlfriend and I were talking about this last night. She's an attorney. Um, well, you guys make a good duo then. Well, <laughs> she, she, we went to school in Florida together, so that's how we know each other. But the Aaron Hernandez case. Um, the, expand a little bit on that for our okay. listeners. Just so he was the tight end from uh, the New England Patriots who was convicted of murder. Mm-hmm. And then he committed suicide in prison. Well, in Massachusetts, when he committed suicide at the time, he was under the appeal process of the murder. He was appealing the conviction. So, because he was under appeal, Massachusetts had a law saying that um, he was no longer convicted of murder. They um, dropped that conviction. Oh, man. And so the reason a lot of people believe he did that was because he could collect the insurance policy that he had on himself Uh to support his family because he wasn't convicted of murder anymore. Wow. 
So yeah, so it's uh, scandalous. <laughs> it is, um, and that's why Massachusetts closed that loophole now. So, but that's but that's really the only thing that would prevent someone from collecting on an insurance policy. You asked a very good question. You know, who should get a policy? Who should be, who would benefit from? It? Everybody would, um, even a single person. Because one, the biggest thing is if you're to pass away what's going to happen and to where me, would it go so like say i'm just single i'm solo i don't got no friends no sure. you know I'm well, that's not hard to believe right, but, right? I understand. but let's just say i'm just chilling doing my thing like mm-hmm. where how would that if i'm paying for insurance who would that go to how would that be okay so obviously, obviously if you're single you're not going to need as much insurance because really you're just kind of covering your burial promise mm-hmm. okay so that's what it would go pretty much go to the other thing i've had couple other people do is that they have set the money for a foundation or they've set it for a charity or a church um, because life insurance is the one way you can pass money on tax-free. Mm-hmm. You don't pay any taxes on that. So, that's interesting. Yeah, so, um, and that's actually how a lot of rich families continue to stay, <laughs> stay rich. And, you know, because they have, they, when the children are younger, the life insurance is cheaper. They can provide insurance much cheaper, and therefore it's passed on tax-free. So let's take a quick mental break. Let's just take a sh- insurance, put it on a on this on a coffee coaster over here. Mm-hmm. What's been going on in your life, like since we've been, you know, well, it's triumphs, failures, whatever, whatever you want to share for the next five minutes. Sure, I, I can go. I can. We can go. We can go back and forth. Oh uh, well, of course, you know, you know, in 2012, the reason why I left the school system. I wasn't, I didn't really leave on my own. As you know, I was forced because my ex-wife at the time accused me of child abuse against our own son. And, um, it got, it got so out of hand, it went to the, it went to a two-day trial. Yeah. And I was found innocent. I mean, it was pretty. But the, the, the collateral damage with that is just. It, it was at first, but then, you know, the one thing is, you know, in the end, I got custody back of my son. And that's really the only thing that matters. We actually have a great relationship now. Um, we He's in college at uh, Haywood Community College now. He's studying in the fire academy there. Cool. Yeah, he's doing real well. I'm very proud of him. He's a volunteer at the Reynolds Fire Department right now and going to Haywood Regional full-time and in their fire academy. And, uh, you know, there's just a, with the school system, I hate to leave the students. I hate to leave the teachers. Um, but there's a lot of politics in the school, especially nowadays. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just kind of concerning with the direction. I'm very, and I, I, I know you, I don't know how long you've been in the school system, but I'm very big, and I don't believe it was exactly this way 10, 20 years ago. But because we have so much information online, we have YouTube, you literally can search for anything, how to bake, right? right. You'll pop up with 5,000 people that are willing to give their knowledge and give their skills mm-hmm. to that or how to draw or how to create a website or how to whatever. I'm very big on the belief that of self, like self-education. Um, I, when I graduated from TC, I, like many other people, felt like I needed to go to college to be something. I needed mm-hmm. to, to just go down that right I was the first one in my family or whatever direct family to right. graduate from high school so of course the next step would be go to college but what I, I found myself doing when I did find, go to college was 
one my my grades were like okay they weren't great like so as far as like scholarship stuff like that that was kind of non-existent I thought about maybe going to AB Tech or whatever but the anxiety in me of this the self-stress of oh you're going to a community college stressed me out right which is like bullshit to be frank and then also seeing my other friends go off to these higher colleges or whatever let's just say STAD or NC State Mm -hmm. or whatever also made me feel less than and so I eventually halfway through the summer after graduating from TC after my shiny diploma kind of wore off I'm like okay what's the next step in my life I finally decided to call up some uh, mentor you guys had had once like in my it was probably an English class or something that was Mm -hmm. pitching about high-tech institute or something along those lines like well I need to go do something. I need to, you know, make something of myself. So I went to Atlanta, and that was probably one of the few frustrating moments in my life where I went there, I was dead broke. The classes that I had at the time, I felt like it. I felt like it was wasn't like pushing me, talent-wise, and just like it felt like I had so many more steps to go to just to just to get a degree or just to get you know a a you know a place in life or whatever right you know a to be looked upon, looked at as, as as important and the one little one spark that I took from that which is carried throughout this entire thing is I, t- I had this design class with this instructor at the time I thought he was an asshole but I don't think he really was I think I was just a shoddy kid being you know stuck up he showed he showed us a book um, about design, like branding, identity, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I instantly fell in love. The reason why I fell in love was they it showed me that I could take the art skills I had had from like Miss Patane or okay. whatever things that I loved throughout life, <coughs> and I can actually use them in an application, in a business application, whether it's like creating a logo or you know, an advertisement, all that stuff. So I set my mind to the ground, ended up just going, but I knew my place wasn't right there. Long, 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 blase, sob story short, I ended up dropping out of college um, in High Tech Institute and coming back here and working minimum wage. I went to AB Tech and worked, you know, minimum wage going back and forth, back and forth between you know, college credits and not passing my grades because you have to really, like, you really have to be in it. And you take the core classes and not really your passion classes to begin with. Um, which all just continued to make me feel like crap, like about myself and about my progress in life. Finally, after just getting out of my head and deciding, you know what, I'm better than this. And taking that I was doing design, all these little things on the side, just kind of you know, just like any artist does, I finally decided that I didn't need, college wasn't for me. College wasn't my path. It may be a path for a lot of other people, but the way I learn is just by doing and just by going about it and going through those struggles and ups and downs. And a lot of times, just like filmmaking and all this other stuff, I've known design and web for about 10 and a half, 12, I don't know, it's been been a long time, but filmmaking itself and audit and all this stuff, year and a half, right? And the way I was able to learn is just by looking up on YouTube and learning and continuously doing it daily. I think Mm -hmm. that if if you are committed to something and a passion, a skill, you have to do it every single day, 
no matter what it is because what happens is you see that failure in the very last one you continue to do it continue to do it continue to do it um, all to kind of come back full circle to college and school and you kind of deciding that maybe the school system wasn't exactly your next step that you wanted to kind of take a different step what are your thoughts about education in today's world well the biggest thing so I think to be honest I think the educational system is, is not helping the students because Agreed. one thing is that the students are not able to think on their own anymore okay and like you said with all this information given a lot of times the students just think oh I saw it on YouTube oh I read it on Wikipedia oh you know I saw it on Google therefore this has got to be true that's not what the work you know the workplace are they're, the employers are looking for people who can think um, you know they're given a problem they want the employees to be able to figure out how, how to get a solution how can you solve it the fastest like yeah. that's money down there like clocks yeah. on how can you get it how can you get it done and can you work with these people so you're saying coming just jumping back to where you're at sure um they want someone that can think that can problem solve right so um you know give you an idea i you know i lived in canton and of course the big thing out there is a factory champion factory mm -hmm. um paper mill and they had three jobs for 100 applicants mm -hmm. so the very first thing they did is you know they asked people coming for an interview well 15 people didn't show up so now they're down to 85 mm -hmm. the second thing they did was they did a background check well 10 people committed a felony so now they're down to 75 then they did a drug test. I mean, that's not a very hard test to pass. That's one that most people can pass pretty easily. And so 15 failed. So now they're down to 60. Mm -hmm. So then they asked people to come back for a second interview. Five people didn't show up, you know. And then they asked people to do basic math skills. I mean, they just basic things. And when they finished, when they finished with everything else, they got down to three people. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to go through process or anything. And that's 97 people out of 100 that just couldn't do the basic stuff anymore. It's crazy. It is. And, um, you know, working in the restaurant, you know, you have to be a problem solver. You have to be able to work with people. And I don't think our schools are doing that as much anymore. And one of the things is the arts. I mean, the arts teach creativity. You know, yeah, that was, the, uh, that was the one class that really just kind of got me through, like, the day where it's like... Well, it, it makes you think, and you're not sitting there trying to spit out facts and just be repetitive or anything. I mean, I'm not trying to bash anything. No, no, you're but, good. But that's the reality, though. I mean, and so, I mean, even in the movie Mr. Holland's Opus, mm -hmm. you know, when they talked about at the end with Richard Dreyfuss, they were cutting the art to the band program out. I mean, he made the statement, and it's one of my favorite lines in the movie, is, well, if you don't have the arts, what are you going to give the kids to write about? Mm -hmm. And so, if, you know, and, and the arts aren't, you know, they... They give the kids the notion that they have to go to school, they have to go to college to be successful. But the reality is, you know, why, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there that you can make great money, you know, either doing an apprenticeship or get yeah, that. Yeah, and you're the biggest thing to me. And if I, I've been boss, I've been employee, I've mm -hmm. been manager, I've been all the all the hats. And the biggest thing that's always stuck out to me when I'm hiring or whatever is not specifically some shiny resume it's about what you have done like if i if you can show if i'm hiring you for um you know maybe the restaurant or if i'm hiring you to be a tattoo artist yeah it's good to see those certifications that's good but i want to see like your work and are you consistently i want to see old work i want to see that if 
this is what you're doing, 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 doing. You're absolutely right. And and also, if you don't mind me interjecting, yeah, go, go. is with the resume, you know, because, you know, I've, I've been in a position of hiring as well. If I see people changing every one to two years, that's a concern of mine. There's no consistency there. There's no consistency, but maybe when you're targeting, when you're talking to them, I think what like what comes out of that is whether this person's going to be honest or not, like, you know... I don't want to say, you know, lie or whatever. Like, well, well, here's the thing. Like, say I my resume is like job to job to job to job to job, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, Will, you know, what's going, you know, right. what's going on? Are you, I could be like, you know what? Those jobs really weren't a good fit for me. Like, and I, I understand, like, it looks like I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm still finding myself. I honestly don't know if this job is right for me. I need to know you. I need to work. I need right. to whatever. And that may affect me getting hired. But at least you know right from the bat that, look, you know, I'm still trying to find myself. I'm a hard worker. And you know, maybe maybe I put Will at like 20 hours and he's not going to be like my superstar to make this happen. But at least you have truth from the beginning. Reverse of that, from like, oh, well, they they just didn't give me a chance and they just, you know, they were assholes. Like, it, right. it, they're probably going to do the same to you on the, on the, on the, on the other one. You Absolutely. Know? And we've reached a point in our society where everyone's so politically correct nowadays. When you try to call someone up for a reference, you're like, hey, you know, I saw that Will worked for you for six months. How was he as a worker? They're like, well, I'm just going to say you worked for me. I'm yeah. like, well, can you give me, like, was he good? Was he, you know, it's hard. You know, you and know stuff? What I mean? and, and, and they just won't give you the honest answer anymore. So you don't know what to think anymore. You don't. So. That's why, this is why a personal brand to me, and this is a slang term for just street cred or respect. Mm-hmm. The thing, if I ever have to get another job or whatever, the thing I want to do is I want to share with them, hey, here goes my resume, but here goes like 20 different videos. And you can watch them. You don't have to watch them. It doesn't matter. I guarantee you, if any you watched 30 minutes of my life, 40 minutes, whatever it is, I know you don't have the time, but if you decided to take that time, like, you know what? We're going to hire this guy for 70000 a year. What's he about? And you look at those videos, you'll see my truth. You'll be like, okay. Right? Am I, is he fronting? Is he just kind of like being like, what, what's he like? And that's what we used to do. We used to go to people's Facebook, right, and try to figure right. out the dirt on them. And what I want and why, why I put out so much content, why I put out my truth and I put out myself, my honesty, my whatever, because people are just people. People mm-hmm. go through shit. And the people, like bosses that, you know, act higher than thou or whatever, right. they're going through shit too. And that's the reason why I can talk to CEOs, I can talk to anyone on the street, I can talk to my foster brother, because I know they're going through stuff, and we, on a, on a, on a you know, a, a core level, we can connect. Right. A lot of people get scared of, of interviewing, of talking to people, because they feel like they're higher than them, or that You're they're not anything. Right. And it's very important that you have self-worth and self-value in yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing them a service by coming on and, you know, baking all these pizzas or whatever it is. Yeah, you might need the money, but I try my hardest. I'm really getting to the point where I'm trying to cut money out of it as much as possible. Because what happens with money is, let's say I decide, hey, I want to do a website for you, right? And all of a sudden, or you're like, I need a website. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that for $100, right? What's going to happen is this. I come back and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe I sold myself for a hundred dollars. I got to right. do this, blah blah blah, whatever. 
right? Switch that over. Say I'm like, okay, I'll do that website for you for $5,000, right? It's gonna be the best. What happens is you come back to the table and you start getting anxiety, right? You're like, oh my God, I gotta deliver this, I gotta do this, I gotta do whatever. You start self-doubting yourself. The great thing about this right here, there's no money involved, there's a connection, there's me and you just talking, having a conversation, and we can be real on, a, on another level. And I want people to kind of get to that point. And be like, Will, why are you doing this? Why are you yeah. filming? Why are you taking all this time? I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning, do all this stuff till 6.30 or whatever, go to work, whatever. I'm a full-time, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Right. I'm very busy. One, I want to show the world that it can be done. Two, you can be happy mm-hmm. just doing your passion. And three, like, it's hard work and you just got to put in the hard work. Just show you, talk your truth and document. So I know that was like a super long, relaxing break, but let's jump back to insurance protection and wrap with that regarding okay i die why do i need it if, right. I'm, if I'm single what's it for uh-huh. burial costs i never even thought of that honestly right. um so what's involved in going through the process of getting life insurance? sure so you well I always tell people you want to meet with someone local or someone, you know, you don't ever want to do it over the phone because there's just too many scammers on the phone nowadays. And so, you know, you meet with someone, they, they'll go through what's called an application process. And basically what they'll do is they'll kind of sh- get some information from you seeing what kind of insurance you want because there's so many different types of policies. Yeah, that confuses the hell out of me. It does. <laughs> and so that's what you want someone to talk to you about and see what your options are. Um and to give you an idea, I met with a lady last year, and she was paying $30 a month for a $100,000 policy. Seems pretty good. Is that it's good? Not, it's not, well, it's a little high for her age. Okay. Okay, because she was 28 years old, but it expired in 20 years. So it was like a fixed one or it something? Was, yeah, it stayed the same rate. It's called the term policy. Okay. And so, but after 20 years, all that money goes away. It was really there just to protect herself in case something happened with her two kids and you know with her because she's got two kids Mm -hmm. and so she um i showed her a policy was called return of premium return of premium policy for 25 dollars. okay gave her the same coverage but the difference was in 20 years if she didn't pass away she got all the money she paid into the policy tax-free back so you figure that's 300 dollars a year um for 20 years that, you know, that's six thousand. Uh, oh, sorry, three twenty-five, twelve, three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's six thousand dollars she got back. That's, is that pretty good? Yeah, is that good. Yeah. So I mean, right. but that's how much she would have spent on a term policy that would have expired and not given her any money back. So she would have just been throwing that money away. All right. Last time, I think she needs some batteries. Okay. And then we'll end up. We got what five minutes? All right. This time. What time we got? We got four thirty-three. Yeah, we're okay. right on time. We're, we're so we got. out dude here now you said that's a GoPro which one the one you're in. No, so this is a H4N Pro. I think oh, okay. it's a really fake GoPro. Uh, it's good for 
it's good for anything from concerts to podcasts to okay. musical recordings because what it can do is it can record layered over it has the XML so we literally could have just done this like this and yours goes to here and oh, yours goes okay. to here but because you throw the mics in you saw how like, it cut out yeah. a lot of that like mm -hmm. background I'm just gonna give it a second make sure my battery like uh, it doesn't drop for like two seconds yeah see I'm just technologically <laughs> challenged no you're okay <laughs> um I didn't even know what a GoPro was until I saw the guy on Shark Tank talking. <laughs> that was probably the first or second camera I saw. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be a beast now. But really, GoPros, it, they're, they're great for like wide scenery, but it's very hard to watch someone on a GoPro for a long extent of time. The fish out, yeah, we're looking good. Boom, 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 good. Oh, hold. Shut up. So we're going to take a break, or we're going to come back from our break, our, our coffee break of what's been going on in life. And uh, we went over what uh, life insurance, kind of what happens when you die, like if I, do I really need life insurance if I'm single, um, a few of those things. And then I want to kind of jump in a little bit into the process, because it seems so sticky. It seems so... Well, you mean the process of getting life insurance? The process of getting life no, insurance. No, it's pretty simple. It depends, I mean, you can, there's several different companies out there. There's and so you want to have someone that is um, that has more than one license with one company. Because what you'll find is if someone's only licensed with one company, that's all they're going to push to sell. Because okay. that's, what they're, that's how they make their living. So you want someone who's got four or five different companies in their bag and then they can kind of say, okay, well, what are you looking for? And so it gives them a more of a diversity. That, between exactly. that it gives, a, gives them a choice of what to choose from. Okay. And so that's and that's how I approach the people. I mean, basically, I'm I, when I talk to someone, you know, of course I do want to sell them something, but the reality is is if I try to force them to buy something, they're going to cancel it down the road. You know, they're, they're you, not going to be happy about it. You're saying something so real. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary Vee at all, but... A big, he's a very big entrepreneur, very good, like, motivational speaker because he, like, he doesn't, he's not, like, super, he tells it like it is and he also does his shit. Like, he's yeah. very, very big on it. And I remember a guy asking, well, Gary, you know, what do I do to sell this person on, you know, this scooter or whatever the hell it was? Right. And he was like, well, you're already looking in the wrong place. Like, if they don't see the need for a scooter right now mm -hmm. move on to the next because you're going to spend a lot of time investing convincing versus just right. giving the facts of what they need if you, oh. someone comes to you and like my car just broke down i need a scooter the sale's already done but if you're someone's like well why should i buy a scooter then you're mm -hmm. kind of like so kind of coming back to life insurance where i'm kind of in the questioning phase of why should i buy life insurance you're just going to give facts but you're probably not going to expect me to maybe close that same day but if someone came to you came to you and they were like hey look you know I've been putting this off way too long mm -hmm. 
I've been hearing stuff about it. Can you really just kind of tell me about it? I, I think I need this. Right, and that's how I actually approach a lot of times is I actually will just lay out what's out there, what's the purpose of it, you know, what, how they will benefit from it, and I, and I leave them the information. I always will say, hey, do you mind if I follow up in a week or two? After? Sure. And I've never had someone say, nah, I'm not interested, you know, don't call me or anything like that. Most people are like, yeah, give me a call. Now, I have had people that won't answer the phone when I call them. <laughs> that would be me. Message. I don't answer the phone. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but most people are pretty welcome to, you know, yeah, give me a call back and stuff like that. And so, but then when you get back with them the second time, now they've got an interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had enough time to kind of marinate, talk exactly. to whoever it is that... I and get so, that. and I tell you, the one when you sell someone a policy like that, those are the ones that are going to stick. They're not going to be canceling or anything like that because what happens with a lot of life insurance policies? People will buy it, they'll pay for a month or two, they get canceled, and then it's just it's a headache for you as the agent because then you're having to pay back the money that the company's given you. You have to have the need, like that person has exactly. to have a need, and they have to see. Yeah, you're exactly right. They have to see why they're needing the life insurance. What's the purpose of it? So. And that's exactly. I was doing it completely opposite to this when I was trying to do websites. Like, hey, you really need this website, right? But instead of like letting people just come to me naturally, like right. putting it out in the universe, and yeah, you can pitch and you can talk and all that stuff, but. It's all about like self-worth, like self-valuing yourself. And if you're begging for a purchase or begging for a sale or begging for whatever, you're not putting your best self out there because you'll do anything for that person later on, even Absolutely. if it's undercutting yourself. You got to know what you got to know your worth, uh, and that's that's really like that's really really cool. Um, that's how you kind of go about it. So, in four, five minutes, whatever you want to say, talk about life insurance that we haven't covered over, uh, covered, sure. let me know. Okay, excellent. I appreciate that. Well, and like I said, you know, the biggest thing is you want someone that can work with different companies to kind of give you different ideas. And everyone's got different beliefs on what kind of life insurance you should have. Um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a financial planner, um, Chuck Stanley that believes that you should get life insurance that's term policy, which is usually the cheapest, but it's one that expires within 20, 30 years, um, because he thinks, or Dave Ramsey, sorry. Dave Ramsey, yeah. (laughs) I apologize. And uh, because he believes you should take that money that you can save and put it towards investments, like in the stock market and stuff. So everyone's got a different belief on what kind of insurance you have. And I tell people he's he's absolutely correct. You've got to do something that you're comfortable with, that fits what you're looking for. Um, Obviously, you know, how old are you, William? You're like uh, I just turned 30. Oh, so, like, I, I just, just hit into the... It's just hurt for me to yeah. believe. Isn't it crazy, right? Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> so, so what I tell people, you know, your your needs for an insurance policy, life insurance policy, is going to be different than the 62-year-old I, I worked with on Thursday. Okay? Because... It's you, more serious. It's a little more... Yeah, you got, you're in different places. You know, you've got a family that you're raising. Okay? Uh, you got a wife... You know, you are, are you buying your home right now? No, we're kind of in between, right, like, okay. you know, making that happen. So. All right, so you've got different finances. You know, your children are going to be going to, you know, they're going to have school expenses yep. and stuff like that. He's retired. You know, he, he already owns his property. He's, you know, just kind of kicking back. Well, you know. in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. I got anything. this. I got this. <laughs> and so, obviously, what he needs and what you need are two different things. Yeah. And so, um, the one thing I do get frustrated with with people is I, I hear someone says, well, I, 
I talked to someone on the phone and I bought it from them. I said, okay, well, what company are you? do you have it with? Well, I don't know. Well, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be that person. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you know? I said, well, who's your agent? I don't know. Okay, well, because I had a person, you know, because there's an apartment complex I work with the Medicare products. Uh-huh. And the guy said, well, didn't I buy life insurance for me? Uh-huh. I said, you didn't buy life insurance for me. What are you talking about? You didn't buy life insurance from me. Yeah, I said, you didn't buy life insurance. What are you talking about? He goes, well, you're the only insurance agent I know. I said, well, I may be that case, but you bought it from someone else. <laughs> and so it, we, he actually had me help track it down. Um, and God bless him. He just couldn't, he wasn't very strong reading. So I found a piece of paper in his apartment and we found out who it was. Um, but yeah, he, and the policy was nothing close to what he needed. So, so you help them kind of readjust exactly. to what their means are. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this might be ballparking or whatever, but sure. on average, um, for someone with you know a family with a, maybe a couple kids, roughly, what should I expect maybe if I wanted to get two hundred fifty thousand dollars life insurance, or maybe even a million? I don't know. I don't know okay. the ranges, but it's kind of just throwing well, it out there. Okay. Well. A million. You, there's other factors when you get that high in regards to that, and so I'm, I can't really answer. The 250,000 for a 30-year-old, if you're a non-smoker, non-tobacco user, um, you're looking depending on what kind of policy. But you yes, get some, but my wife has been. Uh, that won't so, matter then. Okay. So, but for you only, um, you'd be looking anywhere from 35, 40 dollars a month for something like that. Which is like, if you really think about it, guys, that's like Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that expensive, and, and I share this story, so, I mean, obviously I share a little bit with my ex-wife and what she did to me, and I don't, I'm not a fan of hers, by any means, <laughs> okay, but we, when we, um, when we found out we were having a child, we both took out a $150,000 policy, I kept that even after we were divorced, because my love for my son is more important than anything else. Absolutely, yeah. So, even if I were to pass away... I wouldn't care that she would get the money. I know that he would have been taken care yeah, of. Yeah, the support. And so, and it was 30 bucks a month for both of us to have this um, because of the age we bought it at. So, I tell people that's why I've kept it. Um, now, so what about like getting pricked or like any of that? Is that because I know okay. I've looked at like a couple of like. Sure. No, there's a lot of policies where if you have under a certain amount, you don't have to do any blood work or anything like that. So, for example, with my situation, it wasn't quite 150000 that my wife and I, or now my ex, but we got at the time, it was $149,999.99. Because... <laughs> I see you. Because if you kept under 150000 you didn't have to do any blood work. Oh, wow. that's So that's like the... That was the biggest thing with my wife. Even so small, so small, but it was just like the inconvenience of like the kids are here the kids are going to have to have someone over here we're going to have to do all this other stuff no no there's no a lot lot of companies do without it I mean now you can get some companies are a little bit cheaper if you do all the what's called the portamed and you do the blood work and all that stuff but really you're talking a few bucks okay and it's really I mean it's if you're more if you you want to pay a couple I mean it's a couple extra dollars you don't have to worry about the hassle to some people it's worth not having that anxiety yeah and so and all the companies are strong so I mean so this is this was not a decision that I've kind of like came with this, but I feel there's two things here: conversational, mm-hmm. us just talking and going back and forth, and me just genuinely asking questions, you kind of mm-hmm. answering, and me kind of sharing my story, and us just talking. For anyone that's listening and thinking about, well, one life insurance, but two, also talking about your products and things like that. 
I feel I really feel like you'll benefit just by doing this. Let's talk to people. Like I want to follow up with you just because we just now did this. We talked, we have a connection. I do probably want to get some life insurance from you. So okay. we'll talk at it, we'll message back and forth. Sure. But kind of coming back to my audience, you know, a lot of you guys are, you know, self-doers, entrepreneurs, all that stuff. Instead of pitching, 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 telling, like trying to like hardcore push, you know, talk to your clients, get to know them. The relationships, the community is so, so, so important. And this is coming from Will that did it completely wrong for years and years and years, where I have these relationships right now. I'm able to talk to you on my own terms, on my own whatever, mm -hmm. and I haven't sold you a thing or talked to you about anything, but because we're talking, you see all this stuff right here, right. maybe one day down the line, you're like, you know what, damn, Will, gonna do this, maybe you want something. But the thing is not the expectation. Mm -hmm. It's not even the ask, it's just doing. And other people, you do it more and people see that you're genuine, see that you actually care about having a relationship with them over money, over whatever. Oh, absolutely. That is what happens, like over like pricing and everything else, like right. truly. So I, I do wanna follow up with you sure. on life insurance. Um, anything that you else that you have before we wrap? Well, like I said, I just appreciate meeting with you and chatting with you. It's For always sure. good, it's always good to catch up. But yeah, I mean, um, am I okay? Share my phone number. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, you go. This yeah. is this is going to be shameless pitch right here. Okay. Hit it. Go. I mean, I tell people if they have any questions, you know, give me a call. My phone number is eight two eight four zero zero one eight two nine, and and I'll put it and I'll put it on the screen right here. And so. you're <laughs> and you're absolutely right. And that's why I tell people is just talk to someone. You, you want to have someone that's not trying to push something. You just want to say, hey, I have a question about this kind of insurance. You know, I don't sell health insurance per se, like the Obamacare or non-Obamacare uh, health insurance. But people call me and ask questions about that, and I can answer them for them. And I can guide them to someone that maybe will answer a little bit better for them. Or they just want to have just a general insurance question, you know. And I tell people, you know, information, you've got all this, you know, we were just talking about how all this information is out there nowadays. Well, take advantage of it. Find someone that's local, such as myself. Just ask some questions and just say, hey, you know, I have some questions about some insurance. And I tell them it doesn't cost anything to talk to me. So, you know, and that's the one thing I'm surprised about, about a lot of insurance agents is they, they're starting to charge a consult consultation, consultation fee. fees. And I'm just like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's I like, said, I don't know you from no, anything. No, because you don't know that. And that's why I tell people, you don't know who I am. I mean, what? Why should you trust me? Why should I pay you extra? Absolutely. Money? And it's it's real. I think what's happening is it's it's uh, information arbitrage now, where you really can. There's a million other people that'll do it for you know. Uh, and the biggest thing, I guess, the biggest thing I hope you guys take away from this, other than maybe get some life insurance from you, <laughs> I appreciate it. Is your your journey in the knowledge that you have? Let's. I'm gonna pitch two different things it's literally gonna be two minutes one for each one let's say you're an expert you already you've been doing design you've been doing video, filmmaking you've been drawing whatever it is for five ten years you have that knowledge there are millions of other people out there that don't know what you know and yeah there's probably a whole bunch of other people that do it but if you start sharing that and just putting that out there not only do you become an authority in that because you're just doing it not asking for anything you're just putting it out there people will start to see your process, how you do things. That's so much more important than the final product, I promise you. You seeing this film, that's great, 
but when you see how I cut it together, how I'm talking, how I'm interviewing, and you see it over and over and over and over and over again, it's very hard not to relate, especially if you're binge watching the hell out of my series. You know, do that. Uh, and then two, let's say you don't have the skill sets, right? You're still right. just learning how to, you know, say you wanna, all of a sudden you're like, I wanna be an insurance agent, right? But I don't know how to go about doing it but you still want to build a community, an audience, whatever. Show those struggles, show that journey of you doing it. Hey guys, today I talked to like two people, they didn't want to talk to me. Right. Struggle's real, right? Oh, you know? <laughs> hey guys, you know, I had a really successful talk today. We covered these things. I'm probably gonna do this a little bit different. You know, I just wanna let you guys know that. And that information, that journey, it's so, it's so powerful. All right. We're gonna go ahead and wrap because I know you gotta get places. I gotta get places too. Um, if you guys aren't, depending on where you're, how you're listening to this, depending how you're watching this, subscribe to the channel, like all that stuff. If you're listening to the podcast, let me know on Instagram what you thought. I'm gonna put your information. Just say your name real quick one more time at the end so they can remember. The name is Norm Morris. Norm Morris. All right. And uh, I guess we'll catch you guys on the next one. Right. Peace. Thanks, Will. <laughs> no problem. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hey, uh, real quick, if you're really enjoying these films, if you want to be able to create films like the ones you just watched, um, hit me up. I'm doing a new promotion, a creative push where like, I literally show you exactly how to create films, how to create, do all this stuff for um, your company. and it's almost like teaching you how to fish uh, instead of just doing one promotion. So it could just be that. Like I come in on the weekend and we did a whole, do a whole creative push, like, you know, getting films, getting audio, getting photos, getting your social media, everything all set up and ready to rock and roll. Um, but I'd rather show you as well. Like, so it can be either, either or, it just depends on what your your level is. Hit me up on Facebook in the Messenger, and uh, we can book up, we can set up an appointment. So, all right, catch you guys on the next one. Peace.